Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, I have the absolute pleasure and honor to speak with Elmarie Chalmers, mother of Mario Chalmers, two-time NBA champion who is now with Skyforce. So, Elmarie, welcome to Courtside Moms. Thank you, Wendy, for having me. It's an honor to be able to sit and chat with you about our sons and their journeys. Amen. So tell me. What are your earliest memories of Mario and basketball? <laughs> well, the earliest memories was when I carried him in my womb. I was a physical education teacher. And believe me, as I taught my classes, I think he was playing hoops in the womb. But um, once he was into the world, it was him sitting on a um, potty chair, which you'll probably say, Mom, don't tell that story. But actually, him sitting on the potty chair, he had actually taken the trash can, moved it in front of his um, chair. He mm -hmm. took off a sock and he was slinging the shot, the sock into the trash can. So at that point I was like, cause I always had this conversation. We're not going to force basketball just because we loved it and because it was our world. It's not necessarily his world. But once I saw that, I was like, okay, it's over. Just go and get the basketball hoop and let's just see what happens. That's awesome. Well, he obviously, was already somehow introduced to basketball if he knew to take that little sock in <laughs> <laughs> and, and make potty what, time more fun. <laughs> absolutely. It was like, ah, I'm quite sure. I'm not sure where that came from. That was just interesting to see that that was happening. That's amazing. So when now did he actually start playing now? Okay, so from that, you know, the little go down at two years old, trying, you know, all of us have seen our kids go down and do their own little game. Mm -hmm. And he added another caveat to it. I remember one day he came out from behind the couch. He's the, the couch, behind the couch was his locker room. So one day he came out from behind the couch and said, Mom, sing that song, sing that song. And I'm like, what song? Well, he was talking about the national anthem. So our routine was he would go behind the couch, he would run out, I would have to sing, which I cannot sing. And um, then the game would begin. So that was his intro to basketball. And that was his role. And that was from watching the many games on television. But his real journey began when he was um, four or five, kindergarten, starting on the, the youth league teams, um, like most of us can say we've experienced. So when he started getting that experience, eventually he moved on to playing more competitively. So yes. Okay, so he played, let's just say he played AAU? He did play AAU. Oh. Yes, he so did. So, yeah, he went through the whole gamut. You know, like the youth league is just at first, second, third, fourth grade, you know, and then he went up to um, playing advanced skills, which in Alaska, we did not, you know, middle school basketball got taken out. So our YMCA picked up a program where they did a rec league and they did a competitive league. And then that competitive league, you play by the real rules. And from that, it evolved to go into AAU basketball. Um, but that was a very good opportunity considering the middle school basketball had been removed from the schools. So when traveling, playing AAU, where did the teams go? Oh, wow. Well, as you may or may not know, we were in Alaska. <laughs> so traveling, um, we often went to California, 
Vegas. Um, actually, we t- took a tour over at Hawaii. We had a tournament over there. Nice. So we would go to most of the teams on the West Coast. That makes sense. And I'm asking because where my son played in Canada, when mm-hmm. we played AAU, we had to go pretty far as well. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's why I was asking in Alaska, because it's it's how many basketball players actually live and grew up and ended up where Mario is from Alaska. So this is why I'm asking because people are curious to know from that that state where do players actually play and get their visibility. Well, the travel was different, but yes, we were able to go out to the various AAU tournaments and we were fortunate to have a very competitive team um, coming from Alaska. So it wasn't, it was foreign, but it wasn't so foreign, right. you know, between Seattle and, you know, all the Californias, the Vegas, occasionally Houston, um, like I said, Hawaii, and then even going sometime to the lower 48 further down, to, that's what we call anything outside of Alaska. It was called the lower 48. <laughs> so look for opportunities, but the closer, the better because of the cost effectiveness it would be to travel locally. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I can imagine. I felt the same too, because again, yeah. with Canada, we had to exchange the money. You know what I mean? So a hundred dollars wasn't a hundred dollars, you know, more hundred dollars us yeah. for us was, was a, a lot lower. So it was the thing of saving up the money and really, you know what I mean? Getting the kids out there and getting that visibility. So really with an investment, of course, all worth it because it's our kids, but it's an investment. Absolutely. Last, right. It, yes, it was. We so, didn't have to exchange the funds, but yeah. we did have to do the travel and the fundraising. Yes. <laughs> So talk to us about his high school days at Bartlett and lead us up to his, his state championship. Okay. So Mario's eighth grade year, he actually did not play. Um, at that time, my husband took a job at Bartlett. And so we forewent the opportunity to play the eighth grade year. And he went and just observed basketball and sort of ran with the high school team. And then his ninth grade year, he, was, he made it. He made the varsity team. And with that, um, the winning took place and the opportunities opened up. I mean, we were state championships, um, which allowed opportunity to travel to other um, ventures. One of the things about Alaska basketball is the high school teams look for the opportunity to go to different tournaments at Christmas because we just wanted to go and be warm <laughs> as far as the experience. But um, his, his high school career was very productive. Um, he had a good group of guys that he played with, older guys who could mentor him as well as Herr Malone. And um, state championships was part of our resume. Um, I think he, he won one and then he almost won the second one, but it was a buzzer beater and they didn't quite pull that one off. And so that allowed him to have the exposure um, to, other, to other opportunities as well as other people that was playing on the team with him. So basketball was very instrumental for us in Alaska. So at that time, Mario was the number one point guard in the nation. So tell Mm -hmm. us about recruitment now. How did the recruitment period work for you? And how did you narrow down the options to get to your ultimate choice, um, which was the University of Kansas? Yes. Well, because my husband was a coach and I was a coach as well, the opportunity of information that was available was pretty plentiful. Um, the ultimate goal was for him to find somewhere where he could go and grow. And as we went on, as we received the letters, as you very well know, you go through them, you read them, you decide the area, you go do your visits. And when he went to visit Kansas, 
Um, it was something about the opportunity that was going to present itself sooner than later because their class was actually graduating. And so they were bringing in a whole group of freshmen. And so the opportunity to have time on the court was, was, um, was there for the taking if he could compete and show that he was ready for it. And so the process was just um, visiting, making the decision and making that big announcement and then going from there and living your best life and fulfilling your dreams, actually fulfilling your dreams. Wow. So at that time, he was um, known to say that he was first trying to go to or wanted to go to North Carolina. <laughs> so his goal is to be a Tar Heel, but then it switched. So to me, I just love that. I'm mean, not, the, not the fact that he didn't go to North Carolina, but what right, I'm saying right. is, is that, you know, our kids are, they have these goals and they, they're, they, they're, they stick to it and they think this is mm -hmm. the end all and beyond. This is all I want. Until right. other opportunities come about and they're like, wait a minute, there's actually a different world outside of what I thought. So right. I find the school visits very, very important. Um, and I'm glad that you were able to get on those school visits and actually see the difference because ultimately I think we see differently than what our kids see. Absolutely. Um, and North Carolina was home. I mean, that's where we were originated from. So that was the main attraction. Of course, North Carolina is an excellent school. Mm -hmm. They had an excellent coaching staff. So it was sort of a natural fit until you do the visits and then you make that connection with another coach who you seem to resonate with and you find that, okay, that may be a better fit for me as I continue this journey. So, so high school basketball in Alaska and college ball in Kansas must have been very different. So tell us about his Kansas days and how did you support him to keep him on top of his game, which he went to March Madness and later won an NCAA championship there. You know, I remember Mario after being successful at the high school level and he came and he said, do you know how hard it would be to win an NCAA championship? <laughs> and I was like, well, hard is not impossible. You know, all things are possible. So, you know, he went through his freshman um, I remember we had a tournament in Hawaii and um, I don't know if he's ever played basketball so disgruntledly, you know, it's almost like, okay, does this kid know the game, does he? And so that was my first experience of traveling and sort of seeing him having a not successful time on the court. And, you know, as a mom, your heart drop because although you're not on the court, it's like we're playing the game in the stands. Right. And so I remember going to the bus and, uh, Max, who was, I think it was our sports announcer at the time, he said, just give it time, just give it time. And so, and that's what happened. We just gave it time. His freshman year ended up being quite a successful. Um, he was selected as a most valuable player. And then he evolved into his sophomore year and the rest is history. But it took hard work, perseverance. My role was just to be supportive, to check in, because with my husband being on staff at the time, it limited, you know, the fun that you get to have as a mom meeting and mingling. Well, I was sort of limited because of the fact that I was a, uh, my husband was director of operations, which technically isn't a coach, but you're still on staff. Yeah. So, you know, NCAA have all those rules about all the things you can't do. So it sort of limited my ability to be that all involved mom that I was able to do in high school, but I still watched from afar. I still was able to go to every game that he played in college, which was quite a blessing and um and watch him evolve from that clumsy little kid who walked into the arena and sort of didn't do so well to the kid who took the shot at the national championship and ended up being 
the most valuable player. So it evolves and it, you know, as this game, it has its highs and lows. We as moms, we just keep them encouraged and we keep our prayers going for them and we keep supporting them and we listen to them, you know, talk about what they're not going to do and their frustrations. And then we push them back out there and say, okay, this is your dream. Keep fighting for it because it will happen. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's so true. We are the ones that stand behind them mm-hmm. and to say, keep pushing, keep going. Keep you pushing. can do mm-hmm. it. Don't mm-hmm. stop. You, you Don't can stop. do it. You know, I mean, they're you young. So at that, sometimes they get discouraged and then they look, mm-hmm. you know, and they have that voice, that, that voice of that person they trust. Absolutely. You know, and and I think, yeah, we're just to support. We're to lift them up and to be there to, like you said, to continue to follow your dreams. Because as you said, they haven't been in this experience. They haven't been in this arena. So they really don't know. You know, high school is quite different. Things are sort of easy. Everybody loves you. Everybody yep. pats you on the back. And then all of a sudden, college is a whole different ball game. It's a business. Yep. You know, it becomes a business. Yeah. And people and love you today. And um, you miss the shot. And the fans sort of can be a little heavy. So they have to learn how to embrace that and not take it personal. Just keep, yeah. keep going. And it's true because at that point, from like you're right, from college up until fans can be beautiful. And then at the same time, they can tear you down. So just that, that pressure as a player, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To always be like, I got to be on top of my game. I got to make sure I get out there and I got to perform. And naturally they want to do this anyway, but mm-hmm. now understanding the expectations of everybody else, I can imagine can just weigh on a player. You know what I mean? From time to time and say, oh, I just want to be Mario and get out there and play. And right. then you people, you know, the keyboard warriors are out there and they're saying what they say. And I, I like I when my son and I talk about it, I'm like, who cares? Like, just right. Who cares? They focus. Yep, exactly. Like you stay where you need to be because that is exactly, you know what I mean? You wanted to be here. You got yourself here. Now let's move forward. And I, and I just love that. So as moms, I find our support is so important because we always get them, we reel them back in (laughs) and remind them who they are. I tell my son all the time, I know who you are. Right. And it's true. And then he's like, oh, that's true. And then he's happy. And then he goes about his business. Right. right? So (laughs) absolutely. Yes quite the reminder to let them know that is bigger than the basketball. And I always say, and you're more than basketball. Basketball is what you love to do. It sort of has become your job, but you're, you're bigger than that. And you can't focus on what, if we listen to everything that's said, then a lot of us wouldn't fulfill our dreams and our destiny. So you just have to be like water on a duck's back. Let it just roll off. That's right. Keep it moving. That's right. uh, Like basketball is what they do. It's not who they are. Absolutely. So in his junior year, he decided to enter the NBA draft. So tell us about that decision and how, as a family, did you all prepare now? uh, How did you all prepare Mario to get to that next level? (laughs) Well, one thing about young men, as they evolve, they have a mind of their own even more so. And I remember my goal, as you probably know, I'm an educator, so my dream was for you to do the four years, okay? Um, My husband was probably, either way, you know, I can go with the degree or I can go with him leaving. But it was Mario's decision. And um, as we had the conversation about, you know, the pros and the cons about leaving now versus leaving later, um, one of the things he looked at was the fact that his team that he had won the championship with, they were all going to, they were leaving. Some was graduating, some was declaring, 
And so he looked at, well, you know, I'm going to be left behind, not in a negative way, but I'm going to be yeah. left behind to rebuild for one more year. Well, hindsight, he had done that his senior year in high school, and it wasn't a very pretty picture. It was a struggle. The guys was wonderful, but the journey was was um, not as fun as it could have been when you were around some seasoned players. So we jump ahead. He has a conversation, and I remember saying, hey, I just really wish, you know, one more year you can get this degree, and then it just, you know, you have it over. You have it behind you. And he looked at me and he said, you know, mom, that degree was your dream. My dream was playing in the NBA. And once he said that, I had to step away and realize that he was a young man who had to make a decision because if he made the decision at the end of the day, he only could look in the mirror and either love his decision he made or not like the decision he made, but it was still his decision. So we supported them. Um, as I said, I would have loved to have had him walk down the hill and, um, you know, in Kansas, you walk down the hill, you walk up the hill for the big graduation. And I'm still holding on to that dream. I'm still thinking, okay, it's going to happen. But at that time, I had to step back and realize those were strong words. That was his dream. My dream was a degree. His was MBA. You know, sometimes opportunity presents itself. And then we figure, what do we do? What do we do? And yeah. you're right, because we're like, well, it's his dream. It's not mine. And you know what, yeah. Mario always has the opportunity to still go back and do it, oh, right? Who absolutely. knows if later on the <laughs> NBA would have came knocking. I would assume yes, but what I'm saying is when that opportunity comes then, you're like, yeah, he's got to yeah. try. We've yeah. got to try, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I understood and I respected it. But like yeah. I said, from that mother's point of view, that was my thing. Get the degree. And like you said, it can still happen. And believe me, I talk to him about it most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so prior to the draft, players have the opportunity to work out for various teams. So what kind of feedback were you getting then? And what were your expectations on draft night? Well, you know, I, actually, I was very uneducated about what the process would be because this was our first rodeo, as they would say. Yeah. Um, as I said, my husband was very instrumental in it because he was in that world. So I was sort of getting the little messages, but I do know that, you know, you go, you try out, you compete, um, you hope that they see the talents that you can bring to the team. Okay, so it's a drooling process. Um, the traveling, you know, the interviews, going and having those conversations, showing them who you are as a person off the court. And so that was, um, it was interesting, but, you know, it was a journey and it was, it was, it's all like job interviews, just continuously going on job interviews. And so when you get, and you have no decision over where you land, so you just got to go in and impress. Right. <laughs> you got to go and impress and work hard. So on draft night, it was quite different for us because we had had the um, word of going in one projection and then, you know, you're sitting there. And you're waiting for that number to be called. And then all of a sudden things, you know, the number you thought you was going to get drafted at, somebody else's name is called. And so you're sitting there in awe thinking, okay, what's going on? Is this really going to happen? Is it still going to happen? And so it was bittersweet. It was a bittersweet moment. It ended up good. But as I said, the number that he was projected to go in did not happen. And as you very well know, he dropped down to going second round. But, you know, I believe that all things happen for a reason. And um, we landed in Minnesota, but we also got 
Traded to Miami and coming from Alaska, that was like a dream come true (laughs) (laughs) to be somewhere warm. And so to sit there and hear that name eventually called, it was um, it was enlightening to the heart, because, as I said, when the number didn't happen in the beginning, we were sitting there thinking, "Okay, did we make a mistake? Is this going to happen? And so he landed where he was supposed to land at, at the end. Wow. But it was. It was a bittersweet moment. It was a bittersweet moment. Of course, of course. I mean, everybody wants their child's name to be called, right? And he was amongst other um, teammates that were um, from Kansas at the same time that were in the draft. I Absolutely. Believe. I there was four um, of them, eh? Um, let's see. Brandon Rush, um, Shady, which we don't call, that's not his real name, but I call him Shady, Darrell Arthur. That was his oh. name. Um, yes. and, um, and let's see, I think Darnell had gone, Sasha had gone. Yep. So actually all of their first five were in the draft at some, at some, yes. in some arena, they were in the draft. Right. And so, um, so you're sitting there listening and you celebrating them and you're sitting there with your knees knocking and praying and you're like, okay, let this happen, Lord, please let this happen. <laughs> so right. it was, it was a good celebratory moment because you had so many teammates on board but you still was waiting for your moment to, and your name to be called. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And he and Donald Jackson actually ended up with the heat. Yes. 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 So yes. Yes. Mario was chosen 34th at the beginning to mm-hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then later on, like you said, he was immediately drafted um, to the heat to play alongside Dwayne Wade, who was someone he admired for many mm-hmm. years. So what mm-hmm. was her, what was his first reaction to the Timberwolves? And then after, maybe what, a few minutes later, it's like, give back that hat, sir. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't even think, I mean, first of all, it was exciting to have your name called. So you have that moment. I mean, after you go from the disappointment of not hearing your name, then the excitement of hearing your name, and then Minnesota. Well, we lived in Alaska for, by that time, 20 plus years. So it was almost like, oh, no, not another cold state. But, you know, in your mind, you're thinking this, but you're not saying it. And so then when um, his dad comes back and said, no, you're not going to be standing there. You're going to do this. And he was like, he didn't really believe them. I don't think he believed them. He was like, yeah, right. OK, whatever. But then when he actually got the hat, it became a reality. You know, the smile. And I don't even think it was it was about the organization, but it was also about the weather. It was like you'd be somewhere warm. <laughs> so, but the and then you know Pat Riley definitely was a idol um, yeah. that anybody would love to have the opportunity to just sit down and talk and shake his hand. And um, he runs a tight ship, but it was a good ship, and we're glad we landed there. Absolutely. So when our boys first enter the pro level, there is that mm-hmm. realization that now they have to grow up pretty quickly. They have to find their place on a team who is already mm-hmm. established with players who already have their set roles. So the rookies need now to find their fit. So talk about his rookie year transitioning from playing college ball to playing NBA ball. Um, I think the transition happens because you are in the moment and you know first of all you know the game it's learning the expectations learning that it is even now a bigger business um knowing the importance of surrounding yourself with the veteran wisdom and making some hiccups along the way because you still have that college mentality 
that, oh, okay, it's just, we're just young men. We can get away with it or they don't care. They just want us to play ball. And that's not really what college is about, but sometimes that's the perception of the young men who don't understand it. And so it was transitioning from the mindset of, okay, in college, people took care of you, but now in the pros, they're expecting you to treat this like a job, be accountable, do what you need to do. And we're not going to tell you too many more times because if so, we have this thing called the fines. And so that helps, that helps sort of whip you into shape. So it's part of a learning curve. And as, as being on the outside looking in, you don't know of all the integral parts that's going on. Once again, you're just encouraging them to know this is a business, stay focused, um, listen to your vets and um, follow suit. And if you do that, then your level and your road to success can increase tremendously. I, I love how you say that now they have to understand that it's a job and it's completely different. I remember um, when my son first played for the Orlando Magic after, well, he went overseas, but I was mm -hmm. comparing it to previously when he was playing at UNLV. So with UNLV, I was so used to it. The team would travel together. They would do everything mm -hmm. together. They would eat together. They would, you know, all that wonderful things. And I went to visit him at the hotel and he was like, yeah, let's go eat. And I said, okay. So now he's putting on his jacket and we're leaving the building. And I was mortified. <gasps> Where are you going? Where's the team? And he's like, ma, he's a professional. He goes, they don't care. He says, I just have to make sure that I'm back in time to get on that bus. But to <laughs> me, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they were leaving. Was, yeah, it was game day. So he was just looking at me like, let's go. And I couldn't understand. You know what I mean? Where's the rest of, where's the other 11 guys? Like, they're not coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so true. And that's such a reminder because it was such a aha moment even for me. It's like, yeah. you, well, even from high school to college, you know, you did everything yeah. as a team, da, 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 da. And I'll tell you, going to this level, I realized that it is an individual sport. Now, you play together on the team, but once you leave, it is like a job. You go do you. Yeah. It's not that everybody's <laughs> going to do everything together. And that was uh, that was an aha moment as a mom looking on that, looking in from the outside saying, oh, this is how they do things here. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's all yeah. right. OK. But then you have to realize that a lot of those players have families. You know, yes. some were married, some were. And I think that's the advantage or disadvantage of being with more seasoned players on your team because they right. have their family life and they're trying to go spend time with their kids or whatever. And you're just a little single guy out there just living yeah. the best life you can. So that yeah. is definitely a reality. Yeah. That's a yeah. great point. It took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into Mario's seven seasons with the Heat. He played with Dwayne Wade. Then later on, mm -hmm. LeBron and Chris Bosh mm -hmm. and and Joel Anthony from Montreal. That's yeah. my heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah, heart. Yeah, that's my yeah. Heart. <laughs> Born and raised not too far from where Kem grew up. So, oh, um, yeah. so when with the Heat, they appeared in um, the finals four times, and then mm -hmm. they accomplished, of course, the title back to back two years in a row, uh, 2012 and 2013. So, tell me what you remember about Mario's heat days. Wow, it was heated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the energy of the arena, the spirit of the city, the, the hard work that was demanded, the love of the fans, the fans who didn't bite their tongues if they were disappointed, but they kept coming back and they kept filling up the arena. 
the camaraderie that it took to get to that level, the dying to yourself because the big three had the platform mm -hmm. to understanding and remembering who you were in the mix, in the midst of, of the bigger stars, not to lose sight of who you were and what you brought to the table and to celebrate yourself in the little way that you had to celebrate it because everybody else was looking at everything else. But in the end, you accomplish your goals because your ultimate goal was to be part of a winning team. And together they were able to accomplish that. For a young man to come from Anchorage, Alaska to high school championships, to winning an NCAA, taking the big shot, to now saying, once again, mom, do you know how hard it is to get a championship on the NBA level? All things are possible, son, to not only be the um, winner of one championship, but to be the winner of two and the hard work and the perseverance that it took on and off the court. Um, and I don't even know the, the integral stories that could have taken place. I just saw the results. And that was winning the championship, yes. you being a part of it, and you go down in history as being the starting point guard who helped make this accomplished because although you have the big three, Somebody had to pass the ball to them. Somebody had to do some other little things. So, you know, so yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful season in life to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And, um, and that's something that can never be taken away from you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So were you there at those championship games? Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, his freshman year, I went to all of his games, whether mm -hmm. we traveled to the games or whatever, not that I had a contact with him. And then, you know, as they get a little bit older, you sort of back up. But absolutely, yeah, that was um, that was a no-brainer. You absolutely were at every game. And I remember wearing the all-white, you know, and having to, you know, dress the road and be a part of, you know, what yep. the um, arena was expecting. So you just, hey, you just went with what was expected of everybody else. And you sit there on pins and needles and thinking, Okay, okay, is this going to be the year? And uh, we were fortunate enough to experience the year. And to hear the, to see and be a part of something like that is just, um, it's magic. It's really magic in a way to celebrate. And, and, and fortunately for me, I've lived to see all three levels. And, you know, the, um, the energy and the hard work and the success that you see in your son's face to know that they accomplished something greater than themselves. And although they do go out and eat individually, when it comes to being on the court, it takes a team effort to make it work. So it was phenomenal. It was just a phenomenal time. And I'm sure you have your experiences too. Oh, of course. But, of course. Um, you know, just being in that arena and all white and just, you know, having expectations of what it's going to take to show a united force, um, just incredible. It was just incredible. The image in my head right now is little Mario <laughs> sitting on the potty, throwing little, throwing his socks <laughs> to seeing him hold up this trophy years later with all the glitter and everything that's falling from, you know what I mean, from yeah. the ceiling yeah. and all the excitement. And I was like, right. wow, I wonder if Amory really expected that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Years <laughs> later, like. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, well, you know, I'm a believer in that anything is possible. And um, because I have a coaching background, when you see the mm -hmm. when you see the coming together of the talent, you know that it's possible. But what most people don't understand that it's more than talent. It takes camaraderie. It takes, you know, dying to yourself. It takes 
um, discipline. It takes, you know, giving up some things that you absolutely want to do in order to do what you need to do. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, and then it comes with the, the butterflies in your stomach that it won't happen, that it didn't happen or that you make that big mistake that caused it not to happen. So, you know, it goes, it, it is a curve. It is definitely a curve of ups and downs and ins and outs. But in it all, um, to see him be a part of something that I know was um, something that he really worked for, hey, it's priceless. Yeah. Like you said, no one could ever take away those memories from you. Those are yours for life and for life. Beautiful beautiful experience. So congratulations to you, mom. Thank you for even (laughs) acknowledging that I deserve a congratulations because, you know, sometimes we we sort of sit in the the background and um, and just support from afar. Mm -hmm. We're that we're like that silent partner sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. One day I was just talking to somebody and we were talking about the visibility that the families get behind the players. Mm-hmm. And I laughed and, and someone said to me, well, what role do you give? Do you believe you gave Kim to where he is now? And I just looked at them and I'm like, well, how did he get here? And he started to laugh. <laughs> he started to laugh. And he was Let's like, go back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think I played a big role. Thank you for asking. And he laughed about it. He's like, I never expected that answer. You know what I mean? We're so used to saying, well, you know, I made his cheese sandwiches when he went to school and I did this, I did that. And I'm like, no, thank you. I brought him in the world. Like, done. <laughs> so you can drop the mic on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think I accomplished something there. Thank you. So <laughs> yes, yes, I would agree. Yeah. So after his his heat days, uh, after seven seasons, he um, enters. He gets a trade, mm-hmm. um, and he goes to the Grizzlies. So, mm-hmm. what was that like for him now to to be traded? Like, what was his um, feelings about? It, he was um, devastated. Now, let me explain to you. This goes back to not understanding the business, you know, and. Um, you know, when you've been somewhere seven years, we know if we come from corporate America or anything, things change constantly and it's always evolving. But a lot of times they don't understand that it's not personal. It's just the job. And so he had to switch that mode. And I think it was a little more difficult than he had anticipated. But, you know, he embraced it and he moved on and he went to Memphis, which was a totally different um, environment, especially after being somewhere for seven years, you know, you sort of get used to the energy and uh, the norms of that particular arena and that that city. So having to switch, but it's almost like my body left Miami, but my heart never did. So I'm going to go and do what I need to do, but my heart is always going to be where I started at. And so, as you know, he went to Memphis, had uh, a great transition there. He had great success. Mm-hmm. And then we had the, that moment. The injury? That moment. That moment when we were at, he was at Boston and I never forget, I was sitting there looking at it on television that particular time. And I saw him go to the floor and they flashed a camera on his face. And I thought, hmm, because that kid always walked off the court and even then he tried to, but I knew it was something more than a twisted ankle. And so at that point, life changed. Life changed. He had Achilles tendon tear and um, and he was at the end of his contract. Mm. 
And so um, you can only imagine what that was like. You just sort of, you're just out there. You're not with your team that you have been with for seven years. You're with a new organization. Um, the camaraderie is there, but it's not, you know, fully there yet. And then you have this happen. So now you switch from being that player to being that injured player to a, a, a injury that could be career ending. Um, as we very well know, that has been the history, but we know that's not always the truth of all the medical technology now. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's part of our story as well. And I can only imagine, see, because every episode we always talk about the mental pressure it takes for players, because like you said, you're, you're there, but you got to stay in the well, NBA, right? So you have to go yes. through all these facets of trades and injuries that you, you never prepared for that. You know what I mean? Like right. when a player goes to the NBA, they don't really think, oh, I'm going to get traded. They're like, yes, yeah, somebody chose me. And they, they, you know what I mean? They believe in me and we're going to play. I'm going to play my hardest. And then all of a sudden you're being told, well, you're moving somewhere different. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad player at all. Like just, uh-uh, you're yeah. just a different fit. Another team can use you here. And then you have these injuries. So this is a lot of mental pressure for these players. And I can only imagine, again, I'm just imagining um, with Mario where his thoughts are, you know, I'm young. And now I have this injury. So for Mario, he could have had these thoughts like, you know, I'm young and now I have this injury and you can't really rush the process. You know what I mean? Your injury is your injury. I feel you. Last week, I'm sitting there or two weeks ago now, I'm sitting there watching my son play. And then all of a sudden I see him getting carted off the court with this big towel on his nose to which now he is recovering from a broken nose, a reconstruction of a nose. So as a mother, you're sitting there. And you're like, oh my God, like the, what happens next? Right. So I completely understand when you're saying, you know what I mean? As moms, we just got to be there for our kids and we just have to make them understand mm-hmm. that this is just a temporary setback. Mm-hmm. And he did eventually move on. So he played with the Grizzlies um, and then he went overseas. He went to Italy, Greece, and then he went, he played in uh, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So what was that experience like for him? I mean, sometimes it could be tough to be away from your familiar family. surroundings and your right. family. Absolutely. So what was that experience like for him now to actually be on the other side of the world, still doing what he loves? Right. But now, well, you know, that was, that was the, the beauty of it because after the injury and going through the rehab and um, having to go back and have the, you know, it's this weird thing about this injury. It was supposed to be healing, but it never healed properly because the stitches they used were supposed to be dissolvable ones and they never dissolved. So he had to go back in after going through, you know, some rehabilitation to have that taken out. So the dream to getting overseas was just grand. It's like, okay, so we get back on the court, you train, da, 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 opportunity comes. So he embraced it as an opportunity to see the world on somebody else's dime. So, you know, you go to Italy, you went to Greece, um, beautiful countries to see. Mm -hmm. And so he embraced it. And then I just think at this last episode in Puerto Rico was just a a little side gig, which I don't, it was overseas, but I look at Italy and the Greece and the Greece as the bigger, the bigger opportunities. And then of course he had the big three. So he kept pounding, he kept pounding in some arena to, until he got himself back to where he wanted to be. Playing on an, in, in overseas was good. Um, the accommodations are quite different. Um, the travel is quite different. 
Um, the, the pay can be quite different or dependability of the pay can be quite different depending on what organization you are. But he still embraced it because you know what? He was able to do what he loved. And he never gave up on being able to get back into the NBA arena to some extent, you know. And as you very well know, to be able to pick up a 10-day contract after, you know, going the marathon that he's been on is truly a blessing. And so he just embraced it. And it was a witness for me because I never gave up on him living his dream. I'll be honest, I thought he would continue to live the dream overseas. But then when they changed sort of the rules and expectations of the G League thing, it just opened up opportunity. So now he gets back from overseas. He keeps working out in Miami. He gets an opportunity. The 10 days he did not get to step foot on the court other than warm up and pregame. But you would see him with the biggest smile on his face because there's something about being able to do what you love. And then, of course, after the 10-day stint, he was able to get with Sioux Falls. And um, somebody just posted a picture last night I saw, and they said, he just, I just love what I'm doing. He says, I'm happy, and I just love what I'm doing. And as we know as parents, what is our ultimate goal? Not that they also can make a living and provide for themselves and their family, but we know in this world, if you can find something that you can do that you love, that's priceless. That is so totally priceless. That is so. So the journey continues. We'll see where he goes from here. Yes. I mean, it was awesome to see. well, first of all, he came back and you know, from overseas, because like you said, it can be tough for them to be over there. My son, too, he played in Turkey and then Greece. And okay. he absolutely said, you know, beautiful countries, different cultures. But he mm-hmm. still wanted his dream, which is to come to the NBA. He right. started um, Sky Force. So he oh, started okay. where Mario was. You know, that was his first, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he started there. Then from there, he went to Turkey, Greece, and then he came back and then he went to Orlando. Okay. So the dream is always doable, right? Like you said before, right. it's all about that hard work and mm-hmm. really just focusing. They knew Mario and my son, they knew different times in life. You know what I mean? They knew this is what I want to do. I want to continue right. playing basketball. I want to make a long career as long as I can from this and I'm going to love it while I do it. So I tell my son all the time, you're, you're so blessed to have these opportunities to go Absolutely. to these other countries. And like you said, on somebody else's time and visit the world and play mm-hmm. basketball. So to me, I was just like, I love the fact that, you know, Mario had that opportunity and now he did that. Now he's like, okay, I'm, I'm back home though. I, I right. got to come back, back to the, yeah. Back on America soil. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I want to be. So <laughs> Now, they granted, Sioux Falls, is, when he first got there, he was like, well, mom, he sent me a picture of the snow. <laughs> yeah. He called me and he was videotaping. He's like, well, I guess I've been trained for this. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> we've been around this rodeo before. So you know how to put on the snow boots and the, and cover up and do layers and yep. just keep it moving. Yep. yep. I laughed when my son told me he was, um, he called me and says, yeah, I got waved from the heat and they're sending me to, then it was the D-League. He says that they're okay. sending me to their D-League team. And I said, okay. And I said, where is that? And he says, where are you going? He said, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. I said, that sounds cool. <laughs> I had no idea where it was. And then we looked it up with South Dakota, but which was so funny. And then I was like, oh, you're Canadian. You could deal with the snow. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I know. It's bittersweet, bittersweet. Yes. But um, yes. 
yeah, I got the call and he was like, well, mom, you gonna come visit me? And, and I was like, son, I took a picture of the weather forecast and finally it's gonna get 40 degrees at some point. And I said, now I can do 40 degrees, but this minus 15, you know, I did that before, I'm not going back. <laughs> There's some things in life you're like, no, thank yeah. you. I'm so, there with you. I watch every game. <laughs> so when you heard about his 10-day contract, though, what was your reaction to that news? Oh, my gosh. You, you know, it was a, um, my sister-in-law had passed. We had, actually, we had had my sister-in-law's service that Wednesday, I believe it was. And you know how the energy can be after losing someone sort of unexpectedly. And, you know, we were all at my brother's house and just sort of, you know, embracing being around family. And I can remember Mario just being a little restless and his sister would say, you know, it's gonna happen when it's supposed to happen. Just just relax. So, you know, all the nieces and we're just relaxing. And so we get this text. I get this text because actually he was in the car with his dad, they'd gone to the store. And um, I get this text because I think it was announced on the internet. Mm. And so I'm looking at this. And by the time I get the text, I'm getting a phone call from him saying, mom, I got to go and get my stuff together. I'm headed out. And I'm like, headed out to where? Houston. I said, when? Tonight. I was like, tonight. So granted, we're two hours away from home. So we were like, okay. So it was a mad dash to come home. And I hate to say we hadn't done laundry. So I'm doing laundry for him and trying to, he's trying to pack and decide what to take. And and so it was, um, it was a bittersweet moment because it was happy and because we had extra family members around who had come for the service. We just all got to celebrate in this moment. So it was almost like a little bit of sunshine in the moment of a dark, you know, in the middle of right. a dark moment. Right. Right. And so speechless, just speechless and thankful and just thought, man, you know what? God, you got a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who would <Man>. go? <laughs> who would imagine? But um my hat's off to the organization that made the connection and made it happen and to his agent who spoke, you know, who made the phone call. But Wendy, you don't even know. It was like, it was, it was just, it was almost like winning the championship, but it didn't have that same energy, but it still was that joy. Yep. So, um, yeah, so he got on that plane and he, you know, he hasn't looked back. He hasn't looked back. Good for him. Absolutely. And to me, that's like, that must be a proud moment. You know what I mean? When you look at your, your, your child's journey and then years later, you're like, wow, he's still doing He's still doing this. it. <laughs> yes. I love that. He's officially and, a veteran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because that's his mom's like, we get in there and we help, you know, like you're going on the road. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to run to the, to the garage and go look at the Alaska bins and go get all your fur. And take- <laughs> But you know, first he was going to Houston. Right. So the Houston thing wasn't so much about the warmth or whatever. Right. right. Sioux Falls, it just was surviving for 10 days. And his dad was like, you don't have to take all that stuff. It's a 10 day. Mario said, I'm packing my bags. So I'm not trying to come back. Yeah. So his, that's his mindset was already. So when he, so at the end of the 10 days, there was a little break in the, in the, um, in the activity. But, you know, it's like, okay, just keep the faith. It's going to happen. Something's good is going to happen. I remember texting saying, hey, just keep working out because there's something better that's coming around the corner. Now, did I know what that was going to be? No, but that goes back to we as moms always are trying to give a word of encouragement and say, hey. And so then he gets the fall to Sioux Falls, the call for Sioux Falls. And then that's when we had to get the layers 
and saying, okay, you better get some warm-ups and some leggings because we don't have all that winter gear anymore. We, 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 we tossed that back in our Miami days. So he's like, mom, I don't even have a coat. I got to order one and have it delivered. And I was like, okay, you do what you got to do. So um, that's, that's just, it, when I sit here talking to you, I'm just chuckling about, I don't think people really believe this story if they didn't see it actually happening because it's sort of like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I listen. I know. I lived it. I when I said went to Orlando, I laughed because I was like, "Wait, you do need a jacket?" He's like, "Why?" Because you will be playing teams <laughs> in the winter time. And he just, "What do you yeah. mean? You got to go to Minnesota? It's freezing. You right. got to <laughs> you got to go to Toronto. You got to go to New York." I was like, "What are you, Boston? What do you mean? There's freezing there." And he's like, "Oh yeah." yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, "Get your jacket. And keep your jacket. Like never get away." And I keep telling him, "You're Canadian. You should be used to the cold." <laughs> That's what people say, but do you get used to the cold? No, 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 I don't no, either. Never, no, never, never, never. <laughs> we tolerate it and we embrace it, but you don't get used to it. No, never, never. So tell us now, as you, before you we were talking about words of wisdom. So speaking of that, tell us about the ABCs of basketball, oh, as well as I the ball is in your court. Right here. Oh, Yes, 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 yes. So tell us all about this, about that. please. And the ball is in the court. So this was my little way of, um, uh, you know what, this was sort of my, I think it was the life lessons I learned along the way, being that mom who was mm-hmm. sitting at home, um, not actually having hands on, but still being in the midst and just sort of journaling my thoughts. And this is what this ball is in your court and realizing that, the hiccups that comes, whatever comes, you mm-hmm. still have the opportunity to keep going. You got to just keep dribbling. You just got to keep dribbling. So we move on from that. And um, this ball in your court was my dream. This was a project that was done when Mario was a junior in high school, actually. His teacher had um, given them assignment of creating this literature for children, this literature book for children. And I always had the title, but never had expounded and done anything with it. So when he got the project, I was like, here, why don't you take this and, and, and burp it, make it a reality? And he did. So when the project was graded, the teacher said, you know what, this is a good concept. One day you should sit down and really publish this. So that day came, you know, while he was transitioning through the injuries, um, he went back to the table and put the word to the pictures. Um, we had a wonderful illustrator who was also from Alaska. And together they put together this little project. And the reason I was so gun ho about it is because when Mario was younger, I used to use basketball moments to help him get excited about learning. So mm-hmm. if we if we did the ABCs, I would connect it with something basketball because that was his world. If we were talking about maps, we would talk about what city was in, what teams was in each state. So that's so I thought, well, you know, boys don't always want to sit down and just learn. So you got to sort of go into their world to make it interesting. So that was the original birthing of this project to just sort of keep learning exciting. It's almost like pulling the the sock off the foot. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, let's learn our ABCs, but let's do it basketball way. And so we had to change some of the pictures and the illustrations because, of course, it's so funny when I looked at the original one. He had the Vince Carters and he had the Michael Jordans and he had, he had different players. Yeah. Um, Jawan Howard, who represented the ABC or whatever. But of course, we had to change that 
because of copyright. Right. So the illustrator was able to illustrate it perfectly. And um, it's it. available on Amazon. And it's just one of our little mom and son's projects that we were able to pull off. Oh, I absolutely love it. I seen them and I was like, I love this. I believe one of them is a Kindle, right? You can get it a Kindle book. Yes. Yes. It's a Kindle. Um, okay. Amazon is the hard copy. Um, we did have signed copies available if you called me or people who called contacted me, but um, it's just a good fun book to encourage reading. And we know readers are leaders. That's always been my motto. Okay. So tell us if people want to, if people want a signed copy, where can they, where can they write you, email you? How do they get this signed copy from you if they want to purchase okay. a signed copy? So if they want to purchase a signed copy, the best way to go would be to email me at almariespeaks at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on my Instagram or my Facebook, which is almariespeaks as well. So those would be, or you can go to our foundation page, which is Mario V. Thomas Foundation. Um, but it's easier just to do the first way, almariespeaks.com. Okay. Perfect. Almariespeaks, so I'm sorry, almariespeaks at gmail.com. Perfect. So to, email to email you is the best way. Okay, that's perfect. Yes. You know what? I was, when I was looking it up, I was like, this is fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of books out there, but I love how you broke it down to the ABCs. And I love your yes. explanation right now. And you're saying, you know, when you're teaching children, you know, there's, there's got to be a way to get them engaged to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To really sit there and pay attention and especially right. in sports, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I love the fact that every letter, you know what I mean, stands for something and it stands for something in sports yes. and basketball. So that yeah. is a great then, concept. Yeah, some component of basketball that um, tells the story. The one that I love best is, I think it says, A is for attitude. Now, you know that is powerless. That's priceless because going on this journey, you have to keep a good attitude regardless of what's happening on or off the court. Absolutely. That is definitely a book that I would want to purchase for my grandchildren. So thank you. And yes. I will be emailing almariespeaks at gmail.com. <laughs> so. Make sure you do that. And um, yes, I'll make sure you get a copy. You're amazing. Or two or three or four. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so your son has accomplished wonderful things throughout his career. And there's still room for way much more. He's earned many accolades. He was a McDonald All-American, which I forgot to mention mm -hmm. earlier, um, NCAA champion. His Kansas jersey was retired. Mm -hmm. He is a two-time NBA champion, FIBA champion when he played in Italy. He won the Greek mm -hmm. Cup. I mean, it's easy to say that Mario is a champion on the court no matter what he does. No matter what he does, your son yeah. is a champion. So tell us, what is it like being the mother to Mario Chalmers? Wow. You know, um, God, Wendy, you got me teared out of hmm? saying that That's resume. Because right. sometimes, you know, you never listen. You never look at all the accomplishments because you just see them as your son. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's a proud moment. It's, uh, um, you know, and along the way, as much success as we've had, <clears throat> I always have to say, God, you trusted me to have this kid, you know, it's all, and I do not compare myself to Mary, like Mary and Jesus. But mm -hmm. I was like, I used to think, how in the world did Mary ever embrace being the mother of Jesus? 
Now, my son is not Jesus. Make no mistake. But just as a mother's point of view, just like you can think as a mother's point of view, you think that you were trusted with this seed and you birthed this gift. And I am forever grateful that the gift has produced happy moments for many people. And to be a part of something that is bigger than me, I saw it as an assignment. And sometimes I'm like, God, did I get the assignment right? But then I take the focus off of me and said, okay, this is a gift that you gave me. I gave it back to you and you used it to your glory. And that's what makes me happy is that every time he steps on the court, every time he, he flashes that smile, I hope that is impacting somebody's life to make them stay encouraged and know that regardless of how young or old you get, dreams do come true. And to be a part of that from one mother to another, is priceless. We have to pat ourselves on the back That's and it. say, thank you, God, for choosing me for this yeah. journey. Absolutely. There's many other people could have been chosen to be yes. our kids' parents, but we were chosen. So we were and chosen. Yes, yes. And and that's a blessing that no one can ever remove. You know what I mean? Right. So I yeah. and I I humble myself all the time and, and remind myself and I'm like, wow. Wow. You know, Wendy, like this is you you have to you have to do this. You were chosen to do this. Yeah. Make sure you do it right. Think about what you're doing. Yeah. Pay attention yeah. to what you're doing. You know, yeah. I mean, you, this child was put in your hands for a reason. Right. And, you know, and although, <clears throat> you know, you look back over it and you think, oh, well, maybe I could have done this different. And I had to stop reflecting on what if or what I could have, should have, would have. Yeah. And I learned to just walk in what is and to embrace it and just say, hey, his path was already created for him. I got to walk along beside him. Yeah. And so it's all good. And yeah. the blessings keep rolling in from afar. And I'm excited about where life will take him. And I just. Um, I'm excited to be a part of the journey yes. and to say that I'm the mother of Mario Chalmers. Amen. <laughs> yes. 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 Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Well, before we conclude and get into the fun facts, I just want to wish you and Mario all the success and love and happiness in the world. I am so stoked that he's Still, was it 14 years now? Because when he was drafted to 2008, so still in his journey. Because you know what? The NBA journey can be short-lived for some. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Or the professional basketball journey, I should say. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a lot on their bodies. It's a lot on their <clears throat> minds. It's a lot, you know what I mean, with their families and moving around and doing all these wonderful things. But yet, he's still maintaining. He's still there doing what? He wanted to do from the potty days, right? So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> from the sock day. Yes. Yeah. And and it takes perseverance <clears throat> and not giving up on a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So all that to say, let's get into some fun facts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is Mario's go-to dish that you make that he must always have? It doesn't exist, Wendy. I am not one of those good cooks. I have to take true confession, and this is not something that you should follow. But when Mario played in high school, do you know what we used to do? What? We used to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. He had to have two wings and mashed potatoes before his game. It wasn't anything that I could. And I know it's not the healthiest or whatever, but for some reason it gave him the energy that he needed to pr propel forward. I, um, I love that. 
No, I can't even take credit. I laugh and tell my friends, my kids don't come home to eat. They come home to see me. Yeah. <laughs> I am not, but I have friends and I have wonderful restaurants. I know how to go and get. I have a sister-in-law who's fabulous cook. My husband was a fabulous cook. So he didn't starve, but I was not the one who provided that magic meal. It was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, when he got to the NBA, he had a chef. We just didn't even play around with it. We had a chef who was very good. He was very nutrition focused. And um, let me think. I know he likes waffles. And I know that he likes, um, I don't know, it changed. It changes. <laughs> it changes. I know he likes waffles on it. I know he likes to eat a big breakfast. And then he sort of do light during the course of the day. Because I always tell him, remember, you have to eat for the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So when you eat, make sure you eat for the fourth quarter because your energy will start running out. Heaven forbid if you go over time. But um, yeah, my true confession. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. What you need to do eventually is when you get to Sioux Falls, you stop off at, at the Kentucky, you put it in a container, okay. <laughs> put it in well, you your Tupperware and bring oh, it. God. We don't do that anymore. We're now with salmon and um, salad yeah, and more of that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's so funny. I probably was the one question that I thought, God, if anybody ever asked me that question, I'm going to have to confess. <laughs> you got it out of me, Wendy. You got it out of me. <laughs> that's okay. My son, I mean, growing up, he used to love my food. And as he got older, you know, he would come home and I would just throw down and he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, le- I'm going out to eat. And I used to be so offended. And then but you know what day- happened? I'm sorry, you one. No, no, you go ahead. No. No, I was going to say, you know, when, when we got to the league, one of the things was the, the fat test, not just the fat, but the pinch. Yes. And so the eating became almost like, okay, I don't want any do anything to add fat to the body because that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So part of it became just nutritional value of yes. knowing, you know, what to eat, when to eat, what releases energy, et cetera, educating yourself more about that. And so that's another reason why I was able to back out of <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's actually funny. That's okay because now when I come visit my son, which I'm actually visiting him now, I don't even go near the stove. Oh no! Nope. I nope. don't even. No, nope. you know, no. I'm good. I um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. They came home for we were together Christmas, and um, I think we went out to the seafood bag. You know how you get the big seafood bag? Yep. That was just our, our two thing. And, you know, I can cook. We have an egg cooking contest. His eggs actually are better than mine because he sees them differently. So, um, but breakfast is big in our household. Breakfast is a big meal. Yeah. But I no longer have to do it. We just find the greatest restaurants that can prepare what he likes to eat. And I just make it happen. <laughs> The power of the cell phone and, a, and making I reservations. Know. Good for you, Aubrey. <laughs> so And even pick them. I was like, I'll even go pick it up for you. Just, okay. But um, yeah. And you know, at this season is life. I like the discipline because, you know, he has this routine where he tries not to eat after eight and, you know, all these things. So I try yeah. to follow suit and um, say, okay, this restaurant has the healthiest food that you can get that falls into what you need and we'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, they do have to follow regimens. I know my son too. After right. a certain time, he doesn't eat, and and I'm looking at yeah. him like, you can't eat after eight. <laughs> the but rest I of can. us can. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, so tell us, did Mario have a nickname, and if so, what was it? 
Um, Mario's nickname was Rio, Rio. Oh, and he actually got that name from the coach that recruited him. Um, yeah. You know, they called him Rio. And so that's been it, Rio. Or either Super Mario. <laughs> that sort of goes along with him just because. So yep, it's just, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like Rio, Rio's original. So, yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to talk advice questions. Okay. What, ad- what advice would you give to another courtside mom? about how to deal with a coaching decision that she does not agree with? <laughs> you, you call your friend and vent to her. Did you hear what I said? Yep. Call your friend and vent to her. Um, talk to the agent about your concerns. Um, because you... <sighs> It's a hard place to be in because we as moms have traveled this journey with our sons. We, we know the different aspects of their game. Um, we can analyze it just from being around them. But once again, you have to understand it's a business. And fortunately, you have an agent who you can express all your concerns to, which is their job to some kind of way, translate that into the, the, um, to the coaches so that they can, so they can understand and better serve themselves. And just remember, um, you don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize your son's career. And some coaches, you have to understand what relationship you have with them. Some of them are comfortable with you going and saying, okay, so let me ask you this question. Now, that's if you can get to them, because a lot of times you don't even get to them. But um, it depends on that relationship. But you always should have that relationship with that agent that you can express it. And oftentimes they can explain to you what's really going on, because you may not understand it through your eyes from a coaching or a team perspective. But you have to be careful about what bridges you cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because everybody is not receptive. You know, they, they're not receptive as knowledgeable as you can be about a situation. My best advice was, hey, go pound on the agent. They get paid good money to listen to those things. Yeah. And then yeah. they're able to make it happen. Absolutely. That's actually beautiful advice. So now what advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a tough teammate? man up (laughs) um you know everybody everybody on the team you may not be paid equally you may not be seen equally as far as what you bring to the game but we're all human and to me you know the bible says if you have an art with your brother take it to him you don't need to do it in public but you can definitely i mean sometimes that happens but if you have an art with them, you need to set up the time to sit and have that conversation as hard as it may be. It may not be received, but if it's going to break down barriers and you think it's worth it, if it's hindering you from doing what you need to do, then you need to have that conversation with them. And then you have the choice of just, hey, acting like a duck, let it roll off your back and not deal with it. But that depends on the individual and how it helps him progress forward or how it keeps him stuck or how it moves him backwards. But I'm always a firm believer. And, you know, you have staff around that you can have those conversations with eventually. But I think the most important thing to do is do the one-on-one. Have the conversation. Say those hard words, you know. And a lot of times we suppress what we need to say, and that leads to other things. It escalates. But once you've said it, at least it's all for you. And you can say it respectfully. One-on-one, you don't have to worry about embarrassing anybody. Nobody else will have to hear about your conversation. It's between you and him. Just keep it in a safe place and um, 
and just do what you got to do because all of them are grown men and they should respect the opinions of others. And you have to understand that they may not want to hear it, but you can respectfully ask them, hey, let's just go to lunch and have this conversation. I need to say some things to you. Yeah. No, that's good advice, Ben. And, and you know what? These, they have to play together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to be teammates for who knows how long. So you right. want to you wanna gel with your teammates. You want to keep the peace. You want to keep a positive energy because negative energy, once that just enters in your world, it just takes over sometimes, it takes right? right? And it's hard. And you, yeah. Stay focused on the bigger picture. It doesn't mean you have to sit down and have dinner with them. You just have to be able to have a camaraderie when you're in the game, at practice, yep. and on the court, and That's on it. the bench. You know, That's and sometimes it, it, it yeah. You just got to do what you got to do. But just remember, you're a person and your feelings count as well. Don't discredit who you are because of the big eyes or the little teeth. So my last question to you, and I'm sure the answer is probably in the ball is in your courts, embracing your child's dream. But <laughs> if you could give only one piece of advice to a courtside mom, what would that advice be? Wow. So, of course, I mom meaning moms who have sons in the arena. Yes. Um, enjoy the journey. Um, educate and have conversations to your sons about corporate America and how it works so they can better be able to embrace the journey that they're on. And never take the opportunity for granted. And also know that we represent them. So whatever we do on or off the court is a reflection or impact on their career as well. Because somebody's always watching. Love, love, love that advice. And it is so true. It is a journey. And we have to just love on it every single day every single day and you're right it's what we do reflects on our kids so Mm -hmm. us too you know what i mean even though sometimes the parents are in the limelight there's always somebody watching and not to say i mean Mm -hmm. we're parents i mean we got our kids to where they are right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know sometimes people come in our kids lives and then they come in our lives right so we do we as well we have to learn to to deal with this journey as best as we can too so i i thank you for saying that because that is a million yeah. percent so true right and you know there's a whole lot of other things you could talk about but mm-hmm. yeah we'll save that for another day <laughs> that'll be part two because oh, yeah no yeah know the company you keep okay so that's sort of yep. like the corporate america know the company you keep and you know the one thing wendy that sort of is hard is that um we raise our kids to be successful and follow their dreams and to work hard, et cetera. But it comes a point that they have to understand that for some people, they're just an opportunity to bigger and greater. That's right. And you have to just make sure you know that company you keep and the intent of everybody who comes knocking on your door. That's right. That's right. You know, when I say to my son, keep your circle small, I tell it to him for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling him, you know, a circle's round, right? And he's like, yeah. I said, <laughs> okay, so you keep that roundness. There's no need to yeah. change the shape of it and start allowing others to enter in. I said, because you 
have a lot more to lose than some of the people that hang around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not saying he hangs with me because he doesn't. I'm just saying oh, like growing no. up, these are the general, things. Right. Yeah, these are right. the things that I used to tell him. I said, you know, your, your friends and, you know, your friends are wonderful. And they are. My kids, I was really blessed that my children, um, the kids that they were around were really, really good kids. But their ultimate goal wasn't to make it to the NBA or play professional sports, mm-hmm. right? So there were mm-hmm. some times where I would say to my kids, you know, well, you can't go here or you shouldn't go here. And they'd be like, why? And yes, you're going with great company. However, I'm worried about the other hundred and other 150 right. kids that are going to be there. Right. right. So and they wouldn't. Oh, my goodness. But then later on in life, they realize it. So now they right. do make the best choices that they can for themselves, right. because you know what? Your dream is there. You built you built this dream for yourself. But right. don't allow anybody else to enter into your dream, whether it be anybody. So. Yeah. It's a learning curve, like you're saying. You know it's, what I mean? It is. Yep. It's, it's like it's definitely America. a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes yeah. you 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 have to fall before you have to fall down and then get back up. But I told one parent this was talking to me, and she asked me a question similar to that. And I said, I guess the things that I did, you know, we have our circles, we have our infrastructure as we're growing up, and it's a safe, comfortable. We're like-minded. We sort of all are going after the same thing. There's some things we may do, but we know how not to get caught doing it. And I don't mean negative or illegal yep. stuff. I'm just meaning life stuff. But then you have to educate them to the circle that they don't have. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. You know your circle that you grew up with. Well, what about that circle that you're not aware of, that you're going to get exposed to? And so one of the things I tell myself, I guess I would have done a different job, a better job of educating you, educating you about the people who are not in our circle, not in our day-to-day circle. It doesn't make them bad, but it is different. And so sometimes because our circle has been so tight and so right, we're so trusting. Yeah. And you don't, and you think that as my mom used to say, treat people the way you want them to treat you. But when you go into a different arena, sometimes those intentions are totally different and you have to learn to be aware of that and um, draw that line in the sand. And that comes with living and with life. We know that, you know, that comes with life and experiences, but that's what I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I tell my kids, you teach people how to treat you. So if you allow them to come in, then that's on you. Right. You know what I mean? People are only going to do if you accept it. So, and like you said, that's just a learning curve that we all go through in Mm -hmm. life. I mean, even me, you know what I mean? I, I, I meet new people nowadays and I'm like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, what's their intent? Why do they want to enter Wendy's world? Like what's so, what did you see well, that you wanted to come into my world? Right. So this is so, a very and, good question. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, it's not, it's not, I, I don't sit there and say that because I think it's so fantastic. I just say it because I right. wonder like, why did you choose me? I'm sitting there and all of a sudden you come to me and now we're having this conversation. So what is it you expect from this new relationship that we're trying to form here. And that's very important. So I explain that to my kids too. be careful who you are with because the intent may be a little bit different. So now at 29 and 23, they get it. (laughs) 12 and 18. I was just absolutely crazy. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, but that's the cycle of life. We keep growing and learning. That's it. Amri, you are fantastic. I'm so honored to spend this time with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on Courtside Moms and just teaching us who Mariel Chalmers is from your perspective. This is a perspective that to me means more than anything. I can read anything I want online. I can watch all the highlights I want. It doesn't matter. To me, this 
this is the Mario that I want to know. This is the Mario that I get to learn from, from the person that just gave him life. So to me, you negate everything I have ever read because (laughs) it doesn't matter everything I've ever read or seen or, you know what I mean? It's like, no, you are mom and moms are so important and there's nobody who's going to stand on a soapbox and talk about their babies better than what we do every single opportunity we get. So thank you for allowing me to have this opportunity to hear all about Mario and hear about you as well. But Wendy, it's an honor. I I watch your podcast and pop in and listen to it, but my hat's off to you for taking um, something that's so important and giving us as moms a voice. So my hat's off to you and I, I appreciate you inviting me in. I appreciate you welcoming all the other moms in because this is a platform that gives them an opportunity to see how important they are. And thank you for allowing that to happen. Thank you so So much. So keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on Courtside Moms. And I'm going to be emailing you shortly because I want want to order my book. So, (laughs) okay. Give me an address and I'll get it to you. But thank you so much. Baby, I do it naturally. Whoa, whoa, whoa.